0: I'm Martha Kozel. I'm from the Open University in Scotland, I'm not Queen Mary, as per your, your programme. Uh, my colleague Fiona is, is up there as well, so so she'll be able to answer some questions as well. Um, so the presentation today is a bit of a whistle stop tour. We've been working on third sector Internships Scotland for the last three years, and we've got an awful lot of material that's coming out from it, so I just wanted to highlight some of the key areas of work that we've been doing, and then we can pick up on anything that's of particular interest um, in the discussion after. But I'll try and address some of the issues which have come out in the first session, um, because I think some of the work we've been doing is an interesting contrast to some of the things that were talked about in, in the morning session. So just I'll just a brief outline of there, a bit of context, focus a little bit on the practice that we've been doing and some of the emerging themes and learning from, from the research and analysis we've been, been working on and that's and continuing. So setting the scene, it's obviously the broad context is incredibly sim is is similar and the same as and conceptually and practically um, to everyone else has been talking about. But I wanted to highlight some of the things which are a little bit different in terms of the context that we've been <coughs> working in in this program. the program was established in uh, three four years ago um, for, with support from the Scottish Funding Council and its key aim was to look at how, how we could work as a higher education sector in Scotland collaboratively so this isn't an institution specific but what can we do across the, the universe the 19 universities in Scotland to work collaboratively to offer more placements and internships for students. It was also very much clear that this was about internships and not placements, and we do make that distinction um, be, in order to differentiate from course based or subject based uh, placements and extra um, curricular activity, so internships. So we, we use that deliberately to differentiate that. We also focus a lot on employability, not just the internships themselves. And you'll see when we come on to talk about the numbers that we've been working with, we cannot offer everyone who wants one a third sector internship, but we can help support people at wherever they are in that spectrum of employability needs to help develop uh, um, uh, and improve their skills and experience. So it's about looking at that spectrum as well as the, 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 the people who actually achieve internships in, in the end. And employer engagement has been an absolutely critical part of what we're doing. Um, Partly in terms of engaging with employers to offer internships, but also to look at the support that employers need in order to be able to offer students a meaningful experience. And There's quite often uh, the the emphasis is on what the student is going to get out of it. We've very much been focusing on what do our employers need in order to be able to support students and we'll talk about that a little bit further as we go on. It's a collaboration between Scottish universities and the third sector, um, funded by the Higher Education uh, Funding Council in in Scotland, um, and engaging with a range of third sector organisations. The internships are open on a competitive basis to all students studying at Scottish University, whether they're first year, postgraduate, PhD students, anyone can apply for these on a competitive basis. When we set out to do this, uh, to to set up the programme, we really didn't know whether anyone would want to do this, whether employers (coughs) would want to do it or whether students would want to engage with it. Would there be any interest, particularly given the third sector, would there be an interest in offering paid internships as opposed to volunteering or as opposed to taking on student placements? These employers were obviously engaging with a a, a plethora of of different placement-type activities and volunteering. Where would the interest in, in, in paid internships come from? Practically, how would we implement this? How would we get 19 career services, 19 institutions uh, to engage with this? How would we engage with the vast number of, of third sector organisations, the diversity of third sector organisations, and would it have any impact at all? So, for the last few years, we've been exploring this, and we've got a few things that we'd like to share. Uh, the stats have updated a little bit since uh, since since then. So. Um, but this is for the stats from December, we shouldn't have worried about whether there was going to be any interest. We've had over 6,500 applications for the 276 internships that we've we've had to offer. We were quite overwhelmed by the interest that there has been and there's a clear demand from students, particularly for for internships. We've had applications from students from all Scottish universities. Um, That application process, and we've heard the term uh, a lot lot today, we're very much focused on being a real-world application process. We've got an online application form and there's a panel interview for for all um, interview candidates. And critically, we provide bespoke individual feedback to every student who gets an interview. So it's a member of the Thesis team goes to every interview and provides sp- uh, bespoke feedback to those students, very much on our emphasis on supporting employability skills development, not just um, supporting our 276 yeah. actually got the internships. You were talking a little bit earlier about resource and how do we do this. We're a very small team. We've got three full-time staff and two part-time st- staff. So we got a very <laughs> small group of people, but we, we just we just have to get on and do it and it's, a, it's an awful lot of interviews if you divide that up. Yeah. But, but that gives yes. us real insights which we then feed back to our career service colleagues across, across institutions so that they're able to feed that back into the support and guidance that they give all students about how they're filling in application forms, about how they're performing interviews, what are the key issues uh, that are emerging and, and the additional support that students might need. We also provide bespoke support for host organisations. We've got an employer engagement officer who, her key role is to help develop um, job specifications, to work with employers, to work out what it is they really actually want someone to come in to do. (coughs) Uh, And that's often the trickiest part of the whole process, is working with often incredibly small organisations, 93% of the uh, employers we work with are small and medium enterprises, Over 55% are are micro organizations. In some cases, the intern is the first employee that they've actually had. They're very small organizations. So we've been working to support them to have the confidence to take on a student. Um, It's not just a straightforward process for them. The question about how long these internships are, how you fit them, we're talking about the one year placement. Our placements, have been, our internships have been of varying um, forms. The majority of them have either been part-time or a mixture of part-time and full-time around university holidays um, and, and students' work commitments on the one hand. On the other hand, around the employ- employer's needs. For the small organisation to have someone in five days a week might be impossible if you don't have enough desks or if your, part of your staff are only working part-time. So it's about making, making sure we're flexible enough to meet employer needs and to meet the student needs. We've also been, alongside this, been looking at uh, the the research around this, and we've got quite a unique data set there. Of you know the the, the vast um, number of applications there has given us a real rich source of data to begin to unpack who's successful, um, the, to look at the qualitative issues around um, application content and so on. So there's a real richness uh, to the material that we've been gathering. So what does it actually mean in terms of the, the content of the, of the, of the internships, but a real diversity of organisations and locations. So, um, it was interesting to say, you wouldn't go and visit people outside the MCC <laughs> <laughs> too, we've been yeah. to Orkney, we've been to the Western Isle, <laughs> yeah, we, we've, been, we've been to all of these places. Yes, we've made some use of Skype for interviews, which has been very interesting, but... In the main, we've been out there. We've got a, a, a uh, we have got should have found yeah. um, points on Caledonia McBrain Ferries. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been yeah. out there. But the, the organisations have really varied. From your big organisations that you'll have heard of, Shelter, Friends of the Earth, to very, very small organisations. Mm. And they've each had very specific things that they've wanted the student to do. And we're very clear that they need to be doing a piece of work that is meaningful to the organisation that they w- the organisation would not have done any uh, without having the student there. So it's a, a, an additional piece of work. They're not going in and making the tea. They're not going in and doing the photocopying. They're going in and developing a social media strategy for the organisation. They're going in and setting up a recycling programme, delivering a piece of research, putting in a funding bid, whatever it was the bespoke piece of work that the organisation needed. Throughout the process we're aiming to support students and employers and to encourage reflective learning throughout that process. So on and post-internship support has been absolutely key. And as I said we're doing supports for applicants and not just for the interns. So in terms of what difference is it making third sector organisations are completing projects that they wouldn't have been able to do without the intern. They're also gaining skills and experience, and the third sector staff are saying, well, actually, now we might take on other students. Now we might be able to to, to recruit other staff that we would otherwise be able to do. And the students are gaining meaningful work experience, something clear that they can put on their CVs that I did this, and this was what happened. And they're also getting jobs at the end. A lot of students go on to continue to work in some capacity with the organisations that they've been working with or with other organisations they've met. We're doing a range of pieces of research alongside this. Um, One of the things which we were interested in is why internships? There's this currency around the term at the moment and we were intrigued as to why students were particularly interested in in applying for internships. (coughs) And so we asked them. So we took a cohort of students who applied. Um, it, last year, in uh, April, was 300-odd students applied, and we asked them before they knew whether, the day after they put their applications in, we sent them all that question and asked why, particularly um, internships. And the, what was interesting is they very much saw it as distinct from volunteering. so. It, it, and we found this also in interview processes. People might be uh, go for an interview, not get the job, and say, well, you know, if you want to come and volunteer for the organisation, they'd love to have you. And they well, I've been doing volunteering. You know, I've been doing volunteering for a long time. I need a paid internship. I need to be able to... So the perception from the students that a paid internship would be valued more highly. Whether that's real or not, they were perceiving it as being valued more highly than if they were doing a voluntary um, Position, but also similarly, they thought it was something additional from doing a work placement as part of their course. This was demonstrating that they had. I think we, we talked. To, someone asked the question about the kind of hierarchy or the setting yourself apart, and this was very much about setting themselves apart. So, in addition to everything else I've done, I've also done a paid internship. They were also very wary, though, and savvy about some of the not so. Internships that the Daily Mail has probably provided (laughs) lots of uh, examples of as well, and particularly the unpaid and exploitative um, internships. And there was something there about the kudos of a university-linked programme that perhaps offered them some security around that. Um, Yeah, we did some work around about the employers as well, about what they what they got out of it, and they very much saw this that the internships were something distinct from work placements and they talk a lot about the difference between a university course based placement where there's often quite a lot of forms to fill in things to be ticked and you might not actually get the piece of work done that you wanted versus an internship where they shape the job description and obviously different courses do things differently so it's uh, a better, so I think just in terms of good practice the employers are talking about they like the ability to shape specifically um, and also to be the employer Offered them a different relationship with the student. We also looked at the the data set that we had is a is a really um, valuable source of information. We wanted to look at who accessed the opportunities and who was successful. Um, and there's I won't go into the details of the the stats there, but they, we've got um, a stats update which some of you will have been able to pick up. But there's lots of really rich data there that. We're just looking for some more time to be able to analyse in more detail. But from that, there's a lot of questions come out from it. A lot, the first thing that every university asks is, where did we come? How successful are our students compared with other students? So there are, and there are very strong institutional differences um, that we need to tease out a little bit more. Uh, but there are also areas where, who's accessing? Who's applying for these opportunities? There's a real breadth of, um, you know, obviously it's across all institutions, but it's a real focus, I think, particularly on students who are not in um, subject areas that would be able to to access a a placement through their normal course processes. So social sciences, psychology, some business studies, a lot of business studies students, uh, fewer from health-related areas, Mm -hmm. and fewer from IT, for example, and engineering. So there's patterns emerging there in terms of success um, and, and, and access. So we have there are issues which we want to pick up as we go forward with this around disability. Far fewer t- uh, students with disabilities are applying than are in the student population as a whole. Similarly, uh, from the from areas of particular of, of deprivation, uh, from the Scottish Index of Multiple Deprivation, fewer from more deprived areas are applying, and common patterns that you'll have seen in other data. So yeah, I'd just like to highlight then if you want to look at that at the stats and, and the and the material, it's it's there and, and collated up till to December. So do have a look. And if there's any particular questions you've got on the date and the emerging themes from that, very happy to talk about that. So just some of the themes that are coming out. Obviously the questions around the current currency of internships, why is it a, a, the particular currency around that is coming out very strongly. As are the ethical and legal concerns around paid and unpaid internships, um, and I think, add that, given it's the third sector, is the relative or the distinctions between volunteering and, and paid internships, and how that can be um, that can be engaged with and used by by different uh, by different students. I think questions for access and success really bring us back, remind us of the need to look at the spectrum of employability needs. Internships and places are not the solution for all employability concerns that we have in universities. They are one they may be a catalyst to help explore and uh, to, to, to explore things for a broader range of students, but might be particularly beneficial to particular groups of students. Um, and then of course the pedagogic challenges at the work learning interface. Discussions that we'll all be familiar with, but we've been exploring particularly around how do you recognise experience uh, if, you're not course- if it's not embedded in courses. We had hoped at the start of the programme, for example, that the higher education achievement records would have been more advanced than their use. Uh, but what can we do to help students utilise their ex- skills and experience as they take it back to their courses? And critically, of course, making employer engagement meaningful, making that a two, recognising that that's that's a two-way process, um, that we need to support and engage with employers as well as as use them as a source for of employment for for the interns themselves. But also, what else can we do with the, that engagement? So you start by the engaging with them in terms of providing an intern and working with around an internship, but what else can you do with that, can it lead to research opportunities, can it lead to engagement with courses and so on, so there's a whole host of things that you can do to to act as more of a hub between a particular sector and and the universities. I think that's probably where I want to end here, Uh, but as I say there's a breadth of different things I've covered and be more than happy to pick up in more detail anything that's particularly sparks your imagination and interest. Thank you. you.